KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. I've always been fascinated by how we categorize and subsequently describe and understand people. That's Tom Wong, Associate Professor of Political Science at the University of California at San Diego and Director of the U.S. Immigration Policy Center. So when we think about an increasingly diverse America, we need a vocabulary to try to categorize and subsequently understand uh, how America is changing. And often we do that through the census. To add to the long list of 2020 events, one that is not at all inconsequential is that 2020 is a census year. Since the year 1790, our country counts its residents every 10 years to apportion congressional seats as well as funding. The financial and political implications are immense for localities, as it is for our region here in San Diego. Welcome to San Diego Conversations, a collaboration between KPBS and the National Conflict Resolution Center, covering important issues affecting the San Diego region. I'm Andrew Bracken. 2020 will be a year that we clearly will never forget. It's been filled with, well, just too much. Just like everyone else, KPBS has had to change the way it's done some things in 2020. One example of that is that it's had to move its event series called Community Conversations from being in-person and taking them virtual. We wanted to share some of the conversations we've had over the past several months, as well as to give updates on them. Our first episode is on the crucial role of the census in a pandemic age. We'll get started right after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The original event on the crucial role of the census in a pandemic age was hosted by former KPBS producer Pat Finn and took place in April of 2020. When we're talking about the census being done once in a decade, once every 10 years, we're talking about trillions of dollars of federal funding distributed to communities across the decade. That makes it extremely important to, to assure that communities across the country receive the funding that they need and they deserve. That's Jeffrey Enos, Deputy Regional Census Manager for the U.S. Census. He started things out by explaining some census basics. As far as what's, what's asked on the census, it's 10 questions, takes less than 10 minutes. 
Uh, we asked how many people live in the household, uh, names, ages, uh, Hispanic origin, race, how people are related within the household and if they own or rent the home. And that's pretty much it. We don't ask citizenship status. We do not ask immigration status. The 2020 census, we do not ask any questions about income. It's really simple. The constitutionally mandated purpose of the census is to provide apportionment for the House of Representatives. There's a lot of other reasons why census, the census is important. One of them being the resources and um, funds that are distributed to communities across the country. Uh, for example, hundreds of billions of dollars of federal funding is distributed to communities across the country based on the census count. During a normal year, Getting people to take part in the census is a challenge. But 2020 is definitely not a normal year. The census officially started on March 11, 2020, just days before the entire nation was shut down for several weeks due to the pandemic. People were then still able to self-respond to the census by filling out the form they got in the mail or by phone or new to 2020 via the internet. But the pandemic did cause delays to census workers going out into the field to count those who had not self-responded. Another key concern, especially in areas like San Diego, is making sure all residents feel safe to fill out the census, regardless of their immigration status. We do not share our data with ICE. It's, it's against the law for us to share with ICE. Uh, we don't share with any government agency, and uh, that's why it's so important that we, we work really closely with our partners in the hard-to-count populations, especially with the immigrant populations, to get the word out that, the, that they need to res respond to the census and it's safe to do so. Griselda Ramirez works for MidCity Can, a nonprofit working in the highly immigrant City Heights neighborhood of San Diego. She represents just one of many local nonprofits who worked hard to encourage people to fill out the census and help spread the word on why it's so vital for communities like City Heights. Our communities need resources, uh, we need funding, and then also because City Heights potentially could have an undercount of 83,000 folks because they're considered hard to count. So then we could lose representation and representation matters to our communities. And that's what we have been telling them. And especially now in this time of the pandemic, it's even more important for those resources to come to, um, into our communities. We advise our community that the, the responses to the census are protected by law and cannot be shared with or used um, by any other government agencies. Answers cannot be used for law enforcement purposes um, to determine eligibility for government benefits or immigration enforcement. So that's something that we, we make sure that we um, let people know. Well, we're definitely encouraging um, our community to, uh, to complete the census uh, before the deadline, either by, by mail, phone, or the internet, um, so, so that we don't have, they don't have an enumerator come to their door, just because of the whole rhetoric of, you know, the fear behind it. So by letting them know that it's important to complete the census by mail, by phone, um, or, or online as soon as possible, and that way they can avoid folks coming to their doors. When talking about the census, it can be easy to get lost in its terminology. You hear words thrown around like enumeration and apportionment, and you can lose sight of what it all really means. But for Tom Wong, who you heard at the start of the episode, why the census is important is tied to his own personal story. I grew up undocumented. I came to the U.S. when I was two years old. I grew up in Riverside, so right up the freeway from San Diego. I 
grew up thinking that I was just like any other kid and had dreams just like any other kid about what my future would be. When I was 16, my parents told me I was undocumented. I had no idea what that meant at the time, except that those dreams that I had envisioned for myself were no longer possible. I spent uh, several years, um, you know, the, the latter years of high school, not having any clear sort of vision of what my next steps were going to be. And that's a very difficult kind of, you know, point in time for any young person because, you know, 16, 17, you know, friends are starting to think about college, starting to apply to college, getting first jobs, getting driver's licenses. And throughout that entire process, I knew that I could not do those things. And not being able to do those things made me feel very much invisible. And so that feeling of invisibility, of being present but not being seen, is something that has been a chip on my shoulder throughout my career. It's a motivating memory. I think this is an incredibly important conversation. We're talking about billions of dollars uh, that go to states and localities. We're also talking about political power. So when we think about the census, we're talking about all persons presently residing in the United States being counted. And all persons includes individuals who are non-citizens, undocumented, et cetera. And so when we think about the sort of money aspect of counting, we can kind of put that aside and think about, well, if there's an undercount, then maybe certain states, certain localities will receive less federal funding. But there's another aspect to the census, which is the apportionment of also political power. And so when we think about the apportionment of political power, we're thinking about using the census count to actually figure out how to draw maps for 435 house districts across the country. And so if there's an undercount in places where there are large populations of non-citizens, then Places like California, New York, Illinois, those immigrant destination states could potentially not just lose money and resources, but can also lose political power, lose that voice uh, in Congress through a House representative. And so when we are thinking about the question of undocumented immigrants participating or not, and more generally non-citizens participating, or not, this is uh, one of the sort of longer fights uh, that the Trump administration has fought in its broader immigration agenda. And so there was a fight that was fought over the course of uh, more than a year that led to the Supreme Court saying no citizenship question. But there are many who believe that the damage was already done. The seed that was planted that the census could potentially be used to identify undocumented immigrants, that seed was planted. And so even though that there is no citizenship question right now, people still are concerned, not just undocumented immigrants, but also individuals in mixed immigration status families. San Diego County, we have an estimated 211,000 undocumented immigrants. And if, for example, we get half not participating in the census, estimates vary because it's hard to pin these numbers down, 
but we could potentially lose between $1,000 per person to $2,000 per person for an undercount of the undocumented population. So if we're talking about roughly 200,000, we have that for non-participation, and we say $1,000 to $2,000, then we are talking about potentially San Diego County losing $100 billion to $200 billion. So where are we now with the census? And how is San Diego doing? tackle these questions and more after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. After delaying its schedule due to the impact of the coronavirus pandemic, the census completed its count in October of 2020. Not all the data has been processed yet, but some has, particularly with the self-response rate. Here's Patricia Ramos from the Los Angeles Regional Office from the U.S. Census Bureau to tell us more. The city of San Diego and all the major cities in San Diego County, all of them with the exception of one experienced highs in their self-response rate. And they oscillated anywhere from like 63.5% in Coronado. That was still up from 2010. All the way up to Poway, which had an 83.9% self-response. 83.9 in comparison to 77.1 in 2010. Poway was ranked the 16th city with the largest self-response out of 482 cities in the state of California. So hats off to Poway and who and the residents of Poway for responding. Having Poway so high on the list is a great sign for the San Diego region. But what about a community with a much more diverse and immigrant population, like City Heights? How did they do? People were not worried about getting counted. They were worried about making ends meet. They were worried about um, making sure that that they could pay their rent or, or, you know, if they've been, if they lost their job, what was going to happen next, right? So that was the main worry, and um, which, which made, made it a little hard at the beginning. Well, City Heights, the way that I describe it, I describe it as the melting pot. Um, I think that City Heights, there's over um, 80 um, dialects and languages spoken there. It's a beautiful community, very diverse, heavily immigrant and refugee community. I mean, I love City Heights because I I see how the community, um, they love one another, right? I think it's a very 
colorful, loving community. What changed since then was um, the way that we were contacting folks to make sure that they were counted. Um, we were no longer knocking on doors. We were, you know, just heavily on the phones, um, doing text messaging, sending mail, dropping literature. And then, you know, fast forward to now, right before the, the count was over, we were making sure that we were calling the people that pledged to take the census or the people that said that they were unsure if they were completed just to make sure that, you know, they were counted. I mean, I, I feel that it turned out good. We did really good in San Diego County overall and, and City Heights. I think for all the tracks except about two, we were at the level of 2010 or we exceeded the turnout. And I'm just, you know, happy to know that we, we were at par with like 2010 or a little bit higher because it was really hard. It was hard to, to have those conversations. And I think that and uh, granted the year if we were able to um, have those conversations with folks, we would have had higher and an even higher count. Through all the chaos the pandemic has wrought, Griselda sees at least a hint of a silver lining when it comes to the census. You know, the fact that we're in a pandemic and like people actually could see the inequities that our communities had. And um, by saying, you know, complete the census, um, by completing the census, resources will come into our community during times like this, right? We were able to, like, in real life, tell people you know, this is what the census provides, more health care, more, more access to health care, more this and more that, um, you know, for schools, for, mate- for materials like computers. They kind of kind of got the picture of like why it was important, especially in the middle of a pandemic. The complete picture of how San Diego fared in the 2020 census is not yet totally clear. The numbers are still being crunched and won't be complete until the end of 2020 at the earliest. Regardless of how 2020 turns out, Tom Wong makes the case that the census, much like the country it counts, is ever-changing and evolving. Advocacy around changing census categories has been a part of the census story. And that's why we have seen census categories evolve over time so that we now have an ethnicity question about whether or not a person is Hispanic or Latinx. Now we have a multiracial category. And now we also have an expanded understanding of uh, who might be Asian or Pacific Islander. And this work is not yet done because in the 2020 census, there was advocacy around having a question about LGBTQ status. The fascinating uh, aspect to the census to me is that we have an opportunity via the census in the check boxes that we create in the questions that we ask to essentially define and redefine what it means to be an American. And so from racially white to Latinx to uh, multiracial individuals to uh, expanded notions of who Asians and Pacific Islanders are, and down the road, a LGBTQ question, a Middle East and North Africa question for those of Arab descent. This is the sort of tie that I see in terms of a evolving 
definitions of who we are in those census questions that we ask about race and ethnicity. And as these questions evolve, I think the goal is to better represent and subsequently see the diversity that is America. To be counted is to be represented. And to me, that is analogous to uh, being seen and being seen in the eyes of the federal government. If we don't adequately and accurately categorize and subsequently count people, then we are not seeing them. We are not seeing the diversity that is America. Thanks for joining us. San Diego Conversations is a collaboration between KPBS and the National Conflict Resolution Center. To learn more, visit our website at kpbs.org slash San Diego Conversations. This program is produced by me, Andrew Bracken, along with help from Linda Ball and Tricia Richter of KPBS. The original event on the census was hosted by Pat Finn. Also from KPBS, Emily Jankowski is technical director, Kinsey Moreland's podcast coordinator, Lisa Jane Morissette is operations manager, John Decker is director of programming. Thanks also to Ashley McGuire. We hope you'll join us for our next San Diego Conversation. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.